This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. A year and a half ago, a production crew began filming a documentary that was supposed to focus on TV personality Wendy Williams as she tried to stage a career comeback. Instead, they wound up documenting Williams as she struggled with alcohol addiction, serious health ailments, and financial issues. And just a couple of days before the documentary aired, we learned that Williams has been diagnosed with aphasia and frontotemporal dementia. The unsettling Lifetime docuseries, Where is Wendy Williams?, raises a ton of ethical questions related to celebrity, privacy, and perceived exploitation. I'm Aisha Harris, and today we're talking about Wendy Williams on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Third Love. Third Love makes solutions for every bra problem. Give yourself more lift, smoothing, and get straps that stay put. Every style's wear-tested on real women, made from premium materials, with a virtual fitting room to help you find your perfect fit. Comfort and support are guaranteed. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Planning a party or honoring a recent grad? Whatever the celebration, Whole Foods Market can make things easy, starting with some delicious marinated steaks, always antibiotic and hormone-free. Simple and easy eats are ready in the prepared foods department. And for dessert, how about a luscious berry chantilly cake? Not in the mood to cook? Their catering menu offers festive options ready to order online at shop.wfm.com. Start every celebration at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. When you're home shopping as a parent, you have lots of questions about local schools. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by a dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Joining us today is the host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, Brittany Luce. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Isha. Also joining us are Jarrett Hill and Travel Anderson. They are the co-authors of the book Historically Black Phrases and hosts of the Black Culture Game Show Historically Black Phrases Live. Hey, Jarrett and hey, Travel. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? <laughs> Very well played. Very well played. I should have yes, done that. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> I should have done that. I should have said that. <laughs> you know, first, let's do a bit of background on the beloved and controversial Wendy Williams. She rose to fame as a shameless celebrity gossip queen, first as a radio shock jock, and then as the host of the enormously popular and memeable daytime TV talk show, The Wendy Williams Show. She's got a point. She's an icon. She's a legend. And she is the moment. 
Now come on now. Now come on. Okay. I know. Love that, <laughs> that clip so much. It's, it's such a great clip. It's a classic. Unfortunately, her last appearance on the show was in 2021. For the final mm-hmm. season, a rotation of guest hosts took over amid reports of a rapid decline in her physical and mental health. Whereas Wendy Williams focuses on her life after the show, including the freezing of her bank accounts, she was also under a court-appointed guardianship against her family's wishes. Williams serves as one of the series' executive producers, and Where is Wendy Williams is streaming on Lifetime. And we are recording this the Monday morning after the last episode aired, so we're all just still processing, taking in all the details that this docuseries gave to us and all the sort of questions that came up in the midst of it. So, Trayvall, I want to start with you. You know, do you feel like this answered some questions or did it just raise more questions than it had answers? I'm a little bit on both. It definitely answered some questions for me as a fan of Wendy's, Mm -hmm. as somebody Mm -hmm. who was deeply interested in what her post-talk show life would look like. But it was was kind of hard to witness the answers unfolding naturally, really, in the course of at least what the producers seemed to say they thought would be the documenting of this rebound. Right. And and instead, it was a rapid, seemingly, decline in a lot of ways. Yeah. This all happened over the course of like a year and a half and some change Mm -hmm. or so. So Mm -hmm. rapid is the right description, and and it is very, very hard to watch. Uh, Jarrett, how about you? Where do you fall on this? The word that I was thinking Travell was going to say was heartbreaking, because Mm -hmm. there are various different moments throughout the many, many, many hours of this documentary (laughs) where you see someone having an interaction with her and you see on their faces, they recognize like, oh, something's not here, right? Yeah. Um, You see that happen with Alex, her niece. You see that with Black China when she's telling her about how much I love you and how you've always treated me with kindness. And Wendy's response is, my name is Wendy Hunter, I got divorced. And I think I'm going to be back and forth from New York, so I'm going to be coming to see you more. My my real name is Wendy Hunter. Hunter. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm divorced. Yes. He's got no money. Yeah. And you kind of see it on Black China's face, where she says, "Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love you. Right. And like hugs her. You see it happen Mm -hmm. on people's faces as they're in her presence. And it's it's hard to then juxtapose that with members on her team or Sean specifically. Right. And we'll get into you, Sean. Yes. Sean is her publicist. (laughs) (laughs) To then see Sean in an interview after the incident in the car and be like, you know, she seems fine. I don't I don't understand. It's that that dichotomy that leaves you. You ask like, (laughs) <laughs> Did you have more questions? There was like, I had a lot more questions than I got answers, I felt like. And I came yeah. away just like not sure what to make of it. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect there and a lot of things that feel unanswered at the end. But Brittany, how about you? Um, oh Gosh, I overall found the documentary, I think heartbreaking is definitely a word, but also disappointing mm-hmm. for so many reasons. I, I think that, I mean, it was heartbreaking witnessing like Wendy's condition, it's hard to witness and it's hard to be in dementia. But aside from how Wendy is doing and what we saw from her behavior in the documentary series, 
I also felt like it just was not worthy of her as a subject. Mm. I think that she is such a compelling subject and such a an accomplished and interesting woman and a complex figure that, like, I think there could have been incredible documentary about her that kind of spoke to all of it. Yeah. Spoke to how she's doing now. Spoke mm. to her career and the intricacies of it. She's somebody who has shared a lot with... She's up in people's business, yes. for sure. Yeah. But... Uh, she has also said, like, you know, if the things that happened in her life were happening to somebody else, she'd be talking about them on the Hot Topics. Mm, yeah. So she's never really shied away from being honest about what's going on in her life. Yeah. I, I mean, I was within the first two minutes. I was like, Ugh. but I came away from watching it just feeling I didn't feel good about the conditions under which it was made. And yeah. I didn't feel it's something about that didn't feel right to me. Brittany, I, I so feel you. I Wendy is worthy of more of this. And at the same time, I see this and I think, Wendy wanted this, but I don't know how sound of mind she was to make a decision about doing it, which is another question, right? Yeah. right? But right. like having a camera crew in her house, she loved that because it made her feel famous. One of the questions that I came away with was like, how does she feel about the edit, <laughs> right? Like, and, and yeah. which really yeah. speaks to your point, because it is kind of like you walk away and you're like, oh, I feel like I just watched someone decline. But then yeah. I also remind myself, like, Lifetime did a documentary about her life and, mm-hmm. a, and a movie right. and stuff like that. And this is kind of mm-hmm. positioned as, like, a follow-up to that, which, you know, I can feel many different ways about, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you would think that with so many hours, <laughs> this was this was divided into, like, two nights, two episodes each night. And you would think that there would be something else going on there, to your point, Brittany, about, like, question I think that a lot of people have, which is like, you know, we, we're in this moment now where talk show hosts, especially of her era, have had their work reevaluated and reassessed in recent years for good reasons, whether it's Perez Hilton, Tyra, mm-hmm. Joan Rivers go back further. But it's interesting to me that she still manages to maintain this fan base that acknowledges mm-hmm. all of the damage and hurt she's caused uh, <laughs> to various people while still having this soft spot for her. And I just wonder, like, why do you think she is eliciting this kind of sympathy? I'm going to tell you what it is about her, okay? And I think, for me, it does shine through in the documentary, particularly in how the niece Alex, yeah. um, articulates why she speaks to her aunt in the way she speaks to her aunt. My aunt's a stallion. You know what I mean? What do they say? Often imitated, never duplicated. I genuinely... I'm just in awe of my aunt, and I've always been in awe of her. We all got an Aunt Wendy in our family, right? (laughs) Yeah, they said some homophobic, (laughs) transphobic stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they might have been tap dancing on the capitalism side of things a little too hard for you (laughs) every now and again. But you know you can go to them when you need something and you can't go to your parent. Mm-hmm. Right. That is the the archetype of auntie that I think Wendy represents for mm-hmm. so many of us. And we feel her love, her care, you know, in other ways. Right. Maybe she is, you know, a little bit, you know, she don't use the right language. Not you know, a, not all typically the time, no. at no. all. <laughs> Most times, no. you know, she might be leaning into some problematic areas consistently, even after being, you know, checked <laughs> on them before. But you still have an affinity for that person. Mm. 
I hear what you all are saying about kind of the... It do feel a little exploitative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. cut, I'll say specifically. The yeah. cut, I was like... Particularly mm. the first two episodes. Yes. I do feel like there is something we got out of this type of tone for the documentary and the fact that really they just let us watch what happened. Me at the end of it, I was like, oh, wow. I witnessed this decline in the same ways partially as her family witnessed her decline. Mm -hmm. We also got a look at this legal guardianship situation, right, that has been popping up in various different ways in culture over the last few years that maybe you didn't hear about with Nichelle Nichols. Maybe you didn't Mm. hear about or think about when we were talking about the conservatorship with Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There is something that if we allow ourselves, right, to take it from the documentary, there's something there. Yeah. So... I imagine that as journalists, we all watch documentaries with an understanding that there's usually an agenda or a story that is aiming to Mm -hmm. be told, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, I just watched a Netflix documentary, uh, You Are What You Eat or something like that, with the twins. Oh, yeah. And, like, 10, 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, this is vegan propaganda. Okay, (laughs) I can watch this and know what I'm getting and thoroughly enjoyed it, right? I had some cheese last night. But it is what it is. So I watched this documentary thinking to myself, like, the whole time trying to figure out, like, what am I being sold here? Like, who is this coming Mm. from the perspective of knowing that the the family is producing on this and also appearing on camera, which in documentary standards is a little bit precarious sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Listen, say it again, Brittany. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? And so I come in with that lens. I come in with recognizing like all of the family is kind of bought in and telling everything. And so it seems like they want to be honest. But then there's also a piece of me that looks at it and says like, but the Guardian does keep judging y'all as not fit. Right? Which makes me think like, what is that about? And, like, is it just a really unfair system in the way that, as Travell brought up, Britney Spears really kind of unpacked conservatorship for us? Is that what we're getting? Yeah. Like, we need mm-hmm. to have a conversation about guardianship or what? Or mm. is it about the fact that the family is not what we thought or what? I don't know, mm. right? Valid question. Yeah. Valid question. I, I wrote down, like, Alex, we know Alex, right? If you're a real fan of the show, mm-hmm. if you've really been watching mm-hmm, since mm-hmm. Jump Street, if you know who Shakitha is, mm-hmm. you know Alex, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know Alex was an intern in college at the show and all the things and went away mm-hmm. to be a newswoman. Now, mind you, that's about yeah. all we knew about Alex. But you know who Alex is, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I was watching this and I was like, when she came in, I was like, oh, that's our girl, Right. But then I'm also like, but they're doing a documentary, they're doing a thing and like trying to figure out what to make of it. And like, I trust her, but I don't know if I'm supposed to or not. I don't know if I should. Well, it feels like they're with this documentary, especially the agendas are not aligned in Mm. a way. Say more. You have what the filmmakers initially wanted and Mm -hmm. what, you know, Wendy seemed to initially want, which was like, I'm trying to launch this podcast. Mm -hmm. I need to be back in the spotlight. Let's chronicle this. Yeah. And then it seems like she may have been a little bit more of sound mind at the beginning of it. I don't know when the family gets involved, but at one point, Kevin, her son, actually does say, 
he he kind of states what he thinks it's about supposed to be about, which is like mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. supposed to be about her getting better, and mm-hmm. that seems to be what the family, at least what Alex and uh, Kevin, and then also uh, Travis, her nephew seem to want is to bring her back to Florida because in Florida is where pretty much all of her family is and she's alone. Mm -hmm. And so when you have all these competing agendas, you get, I guess, Mm -hmm. this, which is at the end of it, you don't really know Mm -hmm. (laughs) what we're supposed to think about any of these people. I even think about like in the first couple minutes of the very first um, episode, this for me was like, I was like, every red flag went up in my mind for this as an editorial choice. There's a moment where Wendy's talking about why she is glad that she's no longer on the Wendy Williams show or that she's that the show no longer exists. And she's like, you know, I forget exactly how she puts it, but she basically says, oh, so I can, you know, show off my chest mm-hmm. or something like that so I can show you mm-hmm. these. And she begins yeah. pulling her top down. Yeah. And that to me... Her eyes are kind of darting all over the place. She seems to have a kind of manic energy about her. And I hadn't quite seen her. She was different. Yeah, Yeah. even with some of the throwback footage that they had throughout the documentary, you could see when she seemed a little bit more lucid. And I was just like, oh, if this is where you're starting off Mm -hmm. editorially. Mm -hmm. There were a few moments where I was kind of like, I was looking at kind of the garishness with which she was, like her story was being edited. Mm -hmm. And then also... (laughs) Her manager, (laughs) like, Will, those kind of felt smarmy Mm -hmm. in a way that some aspects of the edit felt smarmy. Yes. And that also set up a lot of red flags for me that I was like, oh, this is a person who stands to profit Mm -hmm. from this. Well, let's let's actually get into that because there is a way – in all of these kinds of documentaries, there's a way where there's, like – usually there's someone who we get to think is the hero or at least is, like, the least worst person in the bunch. Mm -hmm. And then they're – there's always some clear-cut villain or maybe a couple yeah. or some who, like, you're like, I don't know if I can trust you. And I think Sean, the publicist, and Will, uh, her manager, Sean is kind of more new to this within the world of Wendy. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's revealed that she hasn't really been in Wendy's life for that long when the documentary starts filming. And Will has been with her for a decent amount of time, but only recently sort of became her manager. Mm-hmm. That was another red flag. <laughs> what, what do we make of this? I know that's a loaded question, but like... I don't know if this was the intention. I don't know what the truth is. But the way that their relationship comes across in the documentary is that Will is, is some sort of Svengali yeah. um, for Wendy. And you can see that obviously she's having some dip- difficulties. You can see that her loved ones, friends, family are becoming increasingly concerned they start the documentary very concerned and they become more concerned Mm -hmm. and yet he is consistently the voice of oh you know wendy wants to do a podcast we'll do a podcast i just got to find the right deal for her and one of the things that was so i kept thinking is i'm like okay you've kind of expressed your motivations throughout this process which is to work with wendy and ostensibly make some money but what about going through this project do you think with all of the thorns Preach. that it has, Come right? On. Like all the thorny. So- yeah. Why would you think that this would be the thing that would help you to secure some sort of deal? It was just, it, it felt like his presence was very chaotic. Yes. But also, chaotic is a good word. there was like a weird sort of element of like, there was a weird parasitic element as well. I don't really know what you're doing, dude. And it doesn't feel good. <laughs> He's also an executive producer on this here uh-huh, series. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think he thinks that he's presented himself as, like, the last person around Wendy right now who knows her for real, for real. 
right? Like, he's mm-hmm. the only person who can come in that room and tell her, take a nap for an hour, get up so we can go shuck and jive for these people, you know, <laughs> to try to get you these deal or bring the cameras back in for this documentary. Yeah. And we also see, right, that there are moments in which Wendy is a little bit more lucid, I guess, in which she, you know, goes to Will, Right. And treats him as if someone, you know, as someone she has a longer term connection with. We'll get to a point where he is literally telling waiters and waitstaff not to give her alcohol and to give her like a virgin martini behind her back because like she keeps ordering them. Can you bring us something that is like virgin? I like white. I can make like a martini. Yeah, make her something virgin. No liquor. Go ahead, Martini, okay? Thank you, boss. Thank you. Two things here. One, I have to also remind myself that we all learned that Wendy has dementia before we watched this and that they were all experiencing it in real time and would find out later. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I do want to give that note just for like when we're thinking about how they're experiencing and moving with Wendy um because it's it's yeah. harder to watch knowing that she has dementia and i would imagine it's right. very confusing frustrating unsure when you're there experiencing it in real time at the very first episode i wrote down breakdown with who is will question mark because they asked her who is will and the first thing she says is he's my sexy mm-hmm. and then breaks down and starts mm-hmm. crying Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's interesting that sexy was the first word. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then she started crying because I immediately saw him and thought, oh, he gives Big Kevin energy. Mm. Well, Mm. And by Big Kevin, I think we're talking about Kevin Hunter, her uh, ex-husband, who is the father of her kid, little Kevin. Mm -hmm. I mean, am I wrong? Honestly, that did not cross my mind until just now. But Oh, it crossed my mind. I was like, (laughs) he doesn't look like Big Kevin, but he gives Big Kevin energy. I was like, I get it on one hand because he's supposed to be like in charge of taking care of her, but I still didn't like him yelling and cussing at her either. (laughs) Right? Right. And like, it made me feel like, "Mm, I still don't know how I feel about you even now, this far into the documentary. Well, that's that's interesting too, because there's also this, this, this tension between, yes, that feeling of like, he is kind of being condescending to her in a way, but then we see multiple instances of her berating a nail technician, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. various helpers and handlers. And then Sean, who at first I think we're all supposed to feel bad for because like one of the first instances we see Sean, her publicist, interacting Mm -hmm. with her, Wendy is just like, she's being at her like nastiest, you know? And then later on we see she's in complete denial or she's feigning complete denial about Wendy's state of mind, like making her go to take this meeting with NBC Universal when she's clearly not in a state to be doing that. And it's only going to hurt her career even more to do that, in, in my opinion. And then like just letting her drink and and saying, you know, I don't think she has a problem. And mm-hmm. so like that tension, I think, is what really and it speaks to what you were talking about earlier, Brittany, of like this. It doesn't really wrestle with the the sides of Wendy, mm-hmm. uh, I would not want to deal with that abuse regularly. Oh, n- absolutely oh, no, not. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm okay. I don't think so. Not for me. But then at the same time, there's this like this. There's this trade going on where these people, like Sean and Will, are taking it, but then also are they taking from her in a worse way? I don't know. 
No, I mean, I think for all of the things that Wendy is, <laughs> we all know her story. We know the things that she has been through. We know like how mm-hmm. she built her empire and legacy in radio and television in this industry and became mm-hmm. a huge success. We know how hard she worked as a black woman yeah. in hip hop radio in the 90s. I mean, the things that she has seen and gone through, we know mm-hmm. the names that people used to call her on on gossip blogs mm-hmm. and she just kept on doing her thing. Yeah. I uh I think that there's like a little bit of reverence that we have for her to a certain degree. And so to see somebody who has accomplished so much be in not just a precarious position with their health, but also just like she's in a precarious position with regard to who is caring for her. It seems like some of the reports that I've seen this week when people have contacted Wendy's family, some of the family claims that they don't know how to get in contact with her and they don't know where she is. It's kind of uh, difficult to see somebody who was always thought of as having the last laugh to a certain degree. Mm. It makes me sad to think about her as like, Thorns and all, this really accomplished Black woman whose legacy, as complex as it is, is now in question. And and it, it's the legacy is being kind of... Overshadowed a bit. Yeah. Of, yeah, it's being yes. overshadowed yeah. by all yeah. of this. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is happening to Wendy because she's always, you know, talk smack about other people. And I'm like, first of all, you could be the sweetest woman in the world and <laughs> the same yeah. thing can slap into you. Yeah, that's not how this that's works. That's not how this works <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. to Brittany's point about the people that are caring for her, um, it made me think like, no, no, no. Like, as I'm watching this right now, like... Who is with Wendy? Like, where is she? Is she in good care? It just made me really concerned about, like, how she's doing from a day-to-day perspective now. You know, to Brittany's point about kind of the legacy, I do think that's one of the reasons why it is so hard to watch, Mm. right? Because we don't also see her lifted, right, to that Mm -hmm. actual place where many of us feel like, she is and and should remain. We just witness, right, this rapid decline and these actors who are in her life who don't seem to truly be interested in her her health, even as they might be interested in, you know, her success, continued success. And that's hard and that's difficult. And also... If this can happen to Wendy, right, imagine the other situations, the other people that this is happening to, right, Mm -hmm. in various other ways. I think that's something that I'm taking away from the documentary. Mm -hmm. We all need to be talking to our people, Mm -hmm. talking to our family, making sure that they're taking care of themselves and that we are there to support them in taking care of themselves. Yeah. Well... On that note, there's still a lot more questions and thoughts we surely have. But that brings us to the end of our show. Travel Anderson, Jared Hill, and Brittany Luce, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> Thank you. This episode was produced by Liz Metzger and edited by Jessica Reedy and Mike Katzif. Additional research by Barclay Walsh. And Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thanks so much for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Ayesha Harris, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash Spark Cash Plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Knowing that no business is the same, knowing that we're all impacted by things that are beyond our control, like catastrophes, and hearing and listening and understanding what's important to a business owner, understanding how much is truly affordable and what makes sense at that moment. Because a three-year psychiatrist is going to be very different than a 20-year doctor. And a two-year sign owner is going to be very different than a one-month restaurant owner who's just trying to figure out what's going to be on the menu next month. Those are the things that I think are extremely important that come to my experience as a small business owner. It's me figuring out how to help the people that I live with, how to help the people that I work with, how to help the people that I volunteer with. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listening to the news can feel like a journey, but the 1A podcast guides you beyond the headlines and cuts through the noise. Listen to 1A, where we celebrate your freedom to listen by getting to the heart of the story together, only from NPR. NPR.